Do you like my new mug? It's really pretty. You know where I got it? Sabres. No. Goodwill. No. The Good. Pottery Club at NAU. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's this weekend. Oh. Yeah. They had some they had some okay stuff. You know, I mean it's student work, so mm-hmm. it's not perfect. Um this is the only thing I bought. But <laughs> my my biggest frustration and it's one of those things where you kinda wanna give them some advice, but you're also like, but you need to find your own way and your own voice as an artist. Are we um, testing right now or are we recording? We're recording. <laughs> we didn't start it in our usual way. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing things up. 2019, the way to shake things up. Yeah. All right, fine. <laughs> hey, book friends, it is time for the first episode of 2019. Season three. Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Episode 1, 2019. Although it's 2018, so it feels really weird to say 2019. They don't need to know that it's 2018. Well, now they know. Anyways... So back to my story. <laughs> <laughs> I um, so I'm really drawn to kind of that robin's egg blue mm-hmm. crackled pottery look. Mm-hmm. So there was this one particular artist. She had all these really pretty cups and bowls, and then she used stencils to put words on each of them. Mm-hmm. And they had all these sexual innuendos, like "put me in your mouth," "put it in me." And like ever, like so, I'd like I'd like literally walk around and be like, oh, there's another one. Maybe this one doesn't have words on it. Nope, it does. That and I just sucks. And I wanted to be like, sweetheart, look, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to be witty and funny. And some people will love this, but you should also do some simple stuff. Like you have to right. think about your audience. Yeah. That you're doing some beautiful work, but people like me, we're gonna go. No, I don't want your silly little phrases on there. Yeah. Just, anyways. So I was a little grumpy because I really liked this stuff, but I was like, I am not buying this because yeah, I think I think it's okay to have certain words on there. Like I have a um a cup that says reading is sexy, but it's not like a trash. It's not trashy. Mm-hmm. This is what you get for not starting the episode right. Oh, shut up. Technical difficulties. Oh, I have them on backwards. Maybe that's my problem. Ah, talk. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm just going to eat this. Okay. So, yes, here is the new twist for 2019. We're bringing baked goods to the scene, people. Oh, my God. If you could see Carrie and I right now, we are stuffing our faces I'm totally bragging on myself, by the way. I'm. Yep. I made um, Earl Grey chocolate pot creme, uh-huh. and it is like the most stellar custardy puddingy mm-hmm. chocolatey Earl Grey. Lucy, it's so good. My mouth is so happy here. Listen, you can listen to me scraping my bowl. Oh yeah, mm. and it's dark 
mm-hmm. like the Dark of Winter books that we're reading. Yes, which was totally what I did it for. <laughs> I've been planning this for ages. Yeah, we had a meeting a few weeks ago and we talked about adding new flavors and new touches to the mm-hmm. podcast and Corey brought this delicious concoction to the table and I said yes you must make this yep there's a paleo version with coconut milk Ooh. yeah I almost did that one but I asked Robert he's like do it with cream yeah. I was like okay you know YOLO yeah <laughs> I'm still using that term even though it's not cool anymore so we also have some very ornery dogs um so you may Who hear some weird very much and are very vocal about it Yes, so you might hear some weird sucking noises as they chew on toys. They'll probably whine or bark at some point, and we've concluded that letting them into our recording space is going to be a much better plan than um, listening them. listening to them bark relentlessly. Oh, there we yeah, go. See, Booyah. Guess who she's looking at right now. She's like, can I have some chocolate, please? No. Nope. So, so with it, I went kind of... Um, I I went with the obvious choice and I picked uh, a creamy Earl Grey. So one of the things Carrie and I both started this late in the year is our friend Heather with Flagstaff Tea Company. Hey girl. Hello lady. Uh, We have both joined her tea club, which is the bomb. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've both gotten our first order and, and we both, well, I realized that the teas that I got are completely different than the teas Corey got. So Heather mm-hmm. is custom picking teas that she thinks that we'll like. And so if we give her feedback, she'll make our our monthly subscription mm-hmm. more of what we're looking for. Yep. So you get uh, three ounces of tea, three different one ounce bags of tea. And a num num, tasty num num, which was num-num. mine was like a pistachio corn milk cookie that yeah, was Yeah, mine was too. So good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think if you all listen to our episode with Heather, you would know that she her in her former life she was a pastry chef. So she's a pretty darn good cook. Mm-hmm. Um so yes, this is a creamy Earl Grey. Uh it doesn't really say the the package didn't say what was in it, but if I had to hazard a guess, I think maybe she's added a touch of vanilla to the kind of standard Earl Grey to kind of give it a sweet kind of creaminess. What do you think? Yeah. And there's definitely floral. Yeah. It's a floral. Yeah. Well, that's normal, though. And I'm wondering... It's not anise but there's another, like, spice in there that Hmm. I'm tasting. Yeah. So I'll have to add milk to mine because Mm. I'm a (laughs) milk and tea type of person. (laughs) Uh, Pixie is, like, really trying to make friends with Kiri. And yes, she's kissing her nose. Okay. You're getting getting an account. Quiet, I'm gonna just do it. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really nice little Earl Grey. Um, I'll have to poke at Heather to get some more about what's in it. But uh fun fact, if you're like, ooh, I wanna do a tea club, she does ship it to anywhere. So even if you don't live in Flagstaff, or if you do live in Flagstaff, and it's a good deal. I want to say it's so cheap for six months for three ounces of tea and a nom nom. It's sixty dollars. So it's like ten dollars a month, which is cheaper than anything. Um, <laughs> anything that I like the Plum Deluxe tea is mm-hmm. just one thing yeah. of tea, and it's and we love you too, Andy. Yeah, it's ten dollars <laughs> a month too, so it's yeah. reasonable for mm-hmm. how much tea you get. And you're supporting a local business and Yay. a really cool person. Yeah. So anyways, I guess that's our sponsor for today that we kind of inadvertently just threw out there for you. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Heather. 
Um, and yeah, and the the uh, pot de creme was super easy to make. Um, Don't tell me that. Okay, it was horribly hard to make. Okay, actually, the the, the most time consuming thing was separating the egg yolks from the egg whites. The, oh, they have those cool sucky well, devices know. now. Oh, sucky devices! Like you put an egg on a plate and it sucks up the yolk and leaves the whites. What? So then it'll be even easier and we'll get very fat this year with all the knobs <laughs> that we're going to make. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just have one of those old school things that you hang on the side of the bowl and it cups the yolk in the uh, little cup and then the white drips down. Oh, I don't even know that. I do it the like real old school hand, way. Of, hand yeah, to hand? Yeah, I just do okay. it hand, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, for some reason the white was not wanting to separate from the yolk. It was like just hanging in there in this gigantic glob and I was like, come Come on. Um, but yeah, it goes together really easy and not a lot of ingredients. And I've had chocolate Earl Grey kind of mixes before. And so I knew when we were talking about doing this, that this is exactly what I wanted to do because it had tea in it and it was dark and it was chocolatey mm -hmm. and rich and it was a success. It's comfort food for oh my gosh. January. I think the only thing I got, I started to get a little nervous because, well, I... I just looked up a recipe online and the first one had a, you baking it for like 20 minutes and it was still super like runny. Uh -huh. And so then I went back and so I kept adding like five minutes. And it was still really runny. And I'm like, Ugh. so then I looked at another recipe and it had it, you'd bake it for 55 minutes. So uh -huh. I think mine ended up going for about 50, but that's probably the only thing that's stressful about baking a custard in a water bath is that you don't want to overcook it. Right. And and so it's all if you're not if you've not done it a lot, it's like figuring out what is that like magical jiggle moment to like yeah. stop. Mm -hmm. So I think I did okay. I could it probably could have gone a well, I, know, I guess I was about no, right. It was perfect. Good job. So we'll include a that plus. Yay. So we'll include that recipe. And you can make it without the Earl Grey, or you could just make it with Earl Grey. I mean whatever. Or you, you could make it not chocolate. Or yeah. You can make it yeah, it's it's a starting point. Oyster. Yes. Yeah. You do you. So it's basically for those of you that's like, what the heck is pot de creme? Um, it's kind of like creme brulee without the without the brulee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's the simplest way. I mean, I'm sure if Ooh, you I was could gonna, probably put a brulee on there. I don't know that I'd want to though. Yeah. I think it would be distracting. It would probably be really too sweet as well. Yeah. Like the chocolate is already mm -hmm. such a nice sweetness, and then you add pure sugar and yeah. caramelize that. That might be too much. I mean, I've had some good chocolate creme brulee, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, I'd have to look at the recipe side by side to see the difference between creme brulee and pot de creme. I mean, they're both French, so there must be a difference. Mm -hmm. Who cares? It was good. Yeah, the last time I tried to make creme brulee once and it was an utter disaster. Like it never set. And I was, I've been like totally like <laughs> ever since to like do a, <laughs> some sort of custardy baked goodness. Yeah. So now I feel like I've gotten over the hump and I can do this. You can do anything. I can do anything. <laughs> you can do it better. <laughs> Kiri's probably the better baker out of the two of us. Oh, so. I don't think that's true. I probably can get some better stuff from her. I doubt it. But I have some ideas. I'm I excited. hide things from my recipes so nobody can ever create it the way I make it. Oh. That's how big of a jerk I am. But that's also what good bakers do. Yeah. You leave out one extra ingredient that wouldn't make the recipe taste bad. Huh. But you just... So there you go. There's take a special little love. So take note when Carrie shares her recipe, she's not really sharing her recipe. <laughs> You're getting a subpar product. <laughs> Whatever. But it's I'm what sure. We're supposed to do. But I'm sure it'll be just as good. So I just say, go for it. 
Yeah. Okay. Books. Should we talk books? Here we go. All right. So we are revisiting. Dark of winter. Dark of winter. Because it is dark. Early. So early. Like Chester wants to go to bed at like 7 p.m. Like mm-hmm. he goes outside because he knows that before I go to bed, we go outside mm-hmm. and then he goes upstairs with me and we sleep. And so at like 6.30, he starts like begging to go outside mm-hmm. and he runs up the stairs when he's done. And I'm like, bro, it's not time. <laughs> and he comes back down and an hour later he goes outside and then runs upstairs. And I'm like, bro, it's not time. <laughs> so dog is after my heart of yeah. darkness and sleeping. Oh, I wish. Does he ever need to go have middle of the night pee breaks? No. <sighs> I'm hoping Pixie will outgrow that. And Coconut, really. I mean. We just, you just have to make them hold it. it they don't hold it. Even in a crate? Oh, well, we don't crate. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We're terrible parents. We we made the mistake of, well, we crated and then they outgrew the crates. And now we co-sleep and it's. Uh, I don't know Fun. if Chester was crated, but he, I mean, the only time that he has to get up in the middle of the night to pee is if he's on medicine. That makes him <laughs> have a weak bladder. Like when mm. he was on antibiotics, it was really hard because he yeah. drank so much water. And, oh, yeah. oh, baby. So. Anyways. Digressing. Digressing. Dog so, parent problems. dark of winter. Dark of winter. Is. So what makes a dark of winter book for you? Like what, what went into your decision? Oh, we should tell you, tell, do we want to start with that or do we want to start with what your book is? Let's start with what the book is. Okay. So the book that I picked for this week's episode is In a Dark, Dark Wood by Ruth Ware. Mm-hmm. And when I think of dark of winter books, I usually think of books that are dark. <laughs> <laughs> so you picked a book with dark in the title because you're like, this has to be dark. <laughs> well, I mean, time Mm -hmm. but like for me it's like a psychological freak out like there's something creepy and dark happening in Mm -hmm. this book that makes you just want to stay in the safety of your house with a blanket (laughs) over your head pretending like the world doesn't exist okay so to me Mm. that is what a dark of winter read is is something that is psychologically or physically or just dark Okay. And so with dark, dark wood, I knew it was going to be. <laughs> You're like, this story. has to be dark. <laughs> if it has dark in the title, it has to be dark. And if it has dark twice in the title, then it's super it's duper double dark. down dark. Yeah. <laughs> Which yep. turned out to be kind of true, but. Yeah. Um, I tried to go rogue and go with light and fluffy and Curie's like, that's not dark of the winter. <laughs> and I was like, well, but you know, I can counter the darkness of the winter. And then, and then, and I was then like, she, yeah. And then I was like, fine, I'll pick something creepy and dark. Yeah. <gasps> It's so good. I love these books. <laughs> Corey did not like this book. But so far for 2019 season three, I'm killing it with the books that I've picked because I've liked all of them. Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. Okay, so here's my thing because I've been thinking about it. Oh, so I'm conflicted. Here's what you need to know about my reading experience with this. Okay. I picked it up at about 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday. I told you you can't read it at nighttime. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. And I finished it at 10.30 that night. <laughs> so you did not. I did. I swear you to gosh. You it quicker than me. I read this it in... This book is 310 pages. I read it in four hours. Did you really read it or did you skim it? I really read it. I did. Did you, like, skip every other word? No. You read the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure I skipped a few words along the way, but, I mean, I, I read everything. Okay. Um... So, I'm so suspicious there, of you. So there's that. So 
it clearly pulled me in enough that I wanted to finish the darn book. I got like two thirds of the way through and I was like, should I stop? And then I was like, eh, I don't have to get up super early tomorrow. I'll just keep going. <laughs> and there we went. Um, but I wasn't like, oh my god, this book is amazing. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's captivating. Okay, I like guess... Like, the first, the first sentence, I am running. I am running through moonlight woods with branches ripping at my clothes and feet catching in the snow-bowed bracken. Yeah. Like, that is... Her, the way that she wrote it is very Jillian Flinch. Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. And she's okay, but... What I liked is that the sentences automatically mm. caused some sort of mm -hmm. anxiety. Like, mm -hmm. the short sentences that didn't have a lot of extra words to it yeah. kind of created that psychological anx anxiousness right. that I was like, oh god, this is going to be so horrifying and good. <laughs> and then it kind of deters off. Like, there are moments where she gets into a lot of detail, but a lot of the words, especially from Lenora's... <laughs> Uh, perspective yeah when she's like recreating what happened in this 48 hour period yeah they're so short and mm. automatically I felt anxious yeah well like, I was I anxious mean, that first the first two sentences I just sure read. and I think yes so she certainly pulls you in um and I think here's another example of I think how she kind of really creates atmosphere mm. <gasps> um so they're in the they're driving and they're, they're on their way to the hen party. And uh, she goes, Westerhope, Throckley, Stangate, Haltwist, Wark. The signs flash past like a sort of poetry, the road unfurling like an iron gray ribbon flung across the sheep cropped moors in those hills. The sky overhead was clouded and huge, but the small stone buildings that we passed at intervals set huddled into the dips in the landscape as if they were afraid of being seen. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the girl can write. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I, I I think I don't know. So I tried to think about it. I'm wondering if I've just read too many similar books like this in the last year or so that it didn't feel fresh. And I think that's probably unfortunate because I think Ruth Ware was one of the first ones to write this style of yeah. book, and there's been a lot of mimicry since then. 2015. Oh well, okay. So like three years old. Yeah. Um. I think I've read a couple more this year that spoke to me more, like, which had lie in the title. So sometimes I lie and uh, let me lie. Right. And, and in particular, sometimes I lie was very similar in that the main protagonist wakes up in the hospital and is very hurt and broken. And then it's kind of flashing back and forth mm -hmm. trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was my problem as I felt like I had already, already read it. Almost. I felt like I'd already read yeah. this. So I think I was pushing through it fast because I wanted to see how it was different. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um but I also kind of had an inkling of where it was headed. Right. Uh, like I like I was I mean, you know, it's kind of Agatha Christie and, you know, like there's only so many people that could it be. Right. And, but at the same time you slowly kinda of go Well hmm. and they made an Agatha Christie um reference, reference oh, in here about oh. the um 
what is the book that we read? And then there were none. And then there were none. They yeah. said the they said like the line of there were eight oh, people or right. something. They were talking about it at the hen. House. Oh, that's right because they were arguing about whether it was Eskimos or Indian. Like they were yeah. talking about the political correctness. Yeah, like, yeah, that was actually making me chuckle. Yeah. Um. So this. So do you want to give? Oh, so a brief. So yeah, we just like <laughs> we just jumped, jumped right in, in there. <laughs> and obviously, this is a murder mystery thriller. Yeah. So there's going to be spoiler alerts, folks. Right. So uh, not even alerts, but just spoilers. So yeah. So alert now that you want it's going to be reveals. So Lenora is the main character and she is a writer and she runs and she lives in this tiny apartment outside of London. It's based in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets an email from this person named Flo. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, I think the subject was like Claire's hen, hen party, party, which is and, a bachelorette party for those of you that don't read a lot of British books. And Claire and Nora used to be friends back in high school, middle school, and college. whatever they call it. Not even college, like, because they, they, oh, because she was right. like 16 when. Yeah, they stopped being friends. So they started being friends in grade school and mm-hmm. got into about the age of 16. And then Nora left, and we don't really find out why Nora left mm-hmm. until closer to the end of the book. And. But she keeps alluding to it. I feel like that was a little built up. Like, I don't want to discount the negative experience that she had, but, yeah, but I felt like it was all this build up, and I was like, "That's your big dramatic, right. traumatic not even moment." That big of a thing, like I, I mean, mean, it is, it is, but compared to what it could be, yeah, I was, ex- yeah, I was, ex- I was thinking that she like got sexually assaulted exactly, or attacked, or manipulated in some way, or like, yeah, like shame. I mean, I guess she was shamed, but. It was a very kind of almost private traumatic right. moment. And I was like, I guess that maybe that was what it was. It was a very private traumatic moment. Yeah. And I was anticipating something very like big that happened at right. school that made her feel like she had some sort like of public. Yeah. Situation. Like a public shaming of some sort. That, right. Yeah. So we, Lenora goes to the hen party with her friend. Um, oh, shoot. What is her name? The gay woman. Yeah. Starts with an N, right? Nina. Nina. Yes. And she... Is it Nina? I think... Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's right. Um, And they're not... Both of them are like, we haven't talked to Claire in a decade. I don't Mm -hmm. know why we're even invited to this. They're probably in their late 20s, 26, 27. They're like... And they're like, solidarity, I'll go if you go. Right. (laughs) And then we learn, they go to the hen house and we learn that Flo is basically wants to be Claire and dresses like Claire, even though she's a little bit heavier. And Mm -hmm. I imagined her as blonde and Mm -hmm. just kind of psychotic in a lot of ways. So you learn that she's she's had a breakdown at some point in college and Claire has helped her through that. Mm -hmm. And and they're and in this creepy, alien, a really like isolated glass house. Glass house in the woods that has a shotgun overhead. Yeah. So like, it's like Clue. Yeah. I mean, this whole book is like Clue, but it happens in forty-eight hours, and you're just kind of like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah. So the hen party goes on. It's really awkward. Nora is like, "What the hell am I doing here?" Claire is making like little vicious, passive-aggressive comments. They take a quiz. Nora finds out that. Claire is marrying Nora's high school sweetheart, James. And we know that there's some drama there, but again, we don't really know what it is for a while. And then it's like... And then it comes to light, and then there's murder and... Mayhem. Drama, and maybe missed opportunities for love. 
Dun, dun, dun. Did you catch with that when she shared that text? Did you catch that it said... Well, so a big thing... So Leonora has had multiple names. Well, she has never really gone by Leonora. When she was in school with Claire, she went by Lee. And Leo. No, she went by Lee. Oh, right. And then James, James is the Leo. only person that calls her Leo. And then she now, now she goes, goes by, by Nora. Nora. Yeah. Um, so there's like a big thing. Like the, they kept calling her Lee and she kept going, I'm Nora. God dang it. Stop right. calling me Lee. Yeah. And then with that text though, like I didn't pick, I'm, I'm not good at that. Like, do you pick up on those little clues? Yeah. So did you notice that it was Lee yeah. instead of Leo? Well, we didn't know that James called her Leo until later. Okay. Well, so I think early, though, but I do remember early on that she makes a comment I think she was, like, talking about her name changes, and she's like, there's only been one person that's called me Leo. Right, but we don't know that it's James. So okay. it's not obvious enough that you would pick up on it until you learned that James is the one that called her Leo, which is, like, halfway through the book. So do we get the text? Do we get the contact? No, because she... So, but by the time we hear about the text, we know that he calls her Leo. Yeah, but that's, like, towards the end of the book. Well, I know, but I still didn't pick up that the Lee versus Leo in the text was significant. Like, I just read the text and was like, I was like, man, that's harsh. Okay. He, yeah. The breakup text. Well, oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because then she's later, she's like, when she's confronting, should we go ahead and, when she's confronting, when, when she's confronting Claire. <laughs> Surprise! Um, Bitch is crazy! <laughs> she's like, I figured out it was you because um, James never called me Lee. He only called me Leo. And then I was like, oh, yeah. But I certainly, I'm not good at those details. Again, I was reading it really fast, too, so that's See, part of it. See, you're reading it too fast, Corey. Well, whatevs. <laughs> well, so that's a good question. So with this type of book, or like any type of mystery thriller, what is your approach to reading this type of book? I mean, I usually read it really fast, but I didn't read it as fast as you because... Okay. I read a lot at nighttime, and I could not read this book at nighttime. Why couldn't you read it at nighttime? Because it was too freaky. See, I didn't find it that freaky. I just, like, the short sentences automatically okay. caused anxiety for me. And since I already suffered okay. from okay. that, it was just, like, adding on to it. Yeah. Well, um, and I think that's what happened. I was like, well, Carrie said I shouldn't read this at night, but I'm going to start it and just see... And then I'm, like, reading it. I'm, like, I don't understand why she's can read it at night. But maybe it's because you've read books like this recently, and mm. I haven't. Like, okay. the last book I read like this. Oh. I, okay. I don't even know okay. when I read a psychological thriller crapshoot like that. I mean, sure. Agatha Christie, but she's, like, mm. subtle. Yeah, it's like, not more subtle. This is more in your face. Yeah. Um. Well, so, I guess, let me ask you a different way. Um, are you trying to, uh, I mean, I guess when you read this type of book, you're always kind of like, what's going on? Who right. did it? Mm -hmm. But are you like actively like looking for clues and trying to figure things out? Or do you just kind yes. of let the story unfold? No, I'm actively trying to figure out who done it. Okay. See, I just kind of let things, I have a friend and she'd always be like, like we go to the movies and she'd be like, I totally figured that out early on. And I'm like, where I'm like, <gasps> at the end. Cause I just yeah. kind of let it unfold. And then I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It's Do like the crazy rich Asians. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it, it. Well, it's like the mom, right? Because she, oh, she thinks it's like right. the friends. Cause she okay. goes to that. Like, right, right, right. Okay. All of it is. Yeah. But right. This, oh, that's, I forgot there was a little bit of a twist there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I do actively try and figure out who has done it before the book ends or before we're told because I want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing about me that you all should know is that I have a very strong desire to be right. Mm. Where I want to know what happens, but I don't want to do the heavy lifting. I just want to uh, have the author reveal it to me at some point and me kind of go, Oh, how come I didn't pick that up sooner? <laughs> I like that for some things, like with the bellwether. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. know who the ghost was. I thought it was going to be somebody mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, that yeah. sort of book, I'm not trying to figure out who done it because there's nothing really about doing anything. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, surprise! But with these sorts mm. of books, like with the Jillian... See, I'd be a terrible detective. Yeah. Like, I just... Or with Tana French, even. Like, yeah. I want to know who's done it. Well, I do too. I just, I'm, I'm too lazy to like try and figure it out on my own. <laughs> That's fair. It's not everybody's and I also, cup of tea. And I'm also like a sucker for a red herring. I'll be like, ooh, is that? And then I'm like, <laughs> shit, no, that's not who it is. Yeah, they really, nope, not that person. And then I'm the next person, you're like, oh, yeah, that's suspicious. Oh, yeah, it must be them. And then, nope. But I'm like, dang it, okay. Yeah. So then I just kind of give up. And I'm like, fine, author, so-and-so. Right. <laughs> just tell me the story. Let me figure this out. So what we eventually learned, like the big traumatic event that happened to Nora is that she and James are dating in high school mm -hmm. and she gets okay. pregnant mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, Claire, who we don't find out actually is the one that does this. So we think that James sent a really Nora, nasty breakup text. Yeah. I mean like, this is your issue. I'm not Take care involved. Of it. Peace yeah. out. And Claire, on the other hand, is playing like the devil's advocate of like, I'll take you to the Schmishmortian clinic and mm -hmm. I will help you with your Schmishmortian. And mm -hmm. then we find out that Claire took James's phone, sent that, then deleted it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Nora moved away at the age of 16 and has never spoken to these people ever again. Yeah. So, I mean, traumatic and a challenging situation. Sure, especially at 16. The depth yeah. that I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought there was going to be rape. I thought there was going to be, major like, death murder or, or yeah. something. Like, yeah. it wasn't as huge as I thought it was going to be because sure. the buildup was just like, yeah, holy, like she has not spoken to these people in over a decade. Like yeah. they must have like done it, like drugged her, raped her, put her on display somewhere. Like I have no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's, you know, so not to discount that, but I just think, yeah, the way it was built up, um, it seemed a little like it could have been a little, Anyways, I, I agree. I think that was that was hard. Well, and then, so the other piece is that Claire had seen James. So they both, so, you know, Claire and Nora were best friends and sidekicks. And, of course, Claire was, you know, it's kind of one of those relationships where Claire was always the shining, perfect, always got the lead role type of person. And Nora was her sidekick. And, um, and then Claire got sick for a school play. And so, of course, Nora was the understudy. Falls in love with James, first love romance, first mm -hmm. bounce, chicka bow wow, all that stuff. And <laughs> that's just how uh, we're going to talk about sexy time now is bounce, chicka wow wow. But, uh, but so, but, but prior to the starting with that play, um, they had seen James for the first time and Claire had been like, he's going to be mine. And so that was kind of, he realized this was like a really big end game right. of, um, that Claire has been angry at Lee slash Nora 
since they were 16, A, for stealing what was she intended to be her guy, Ugh. and and B, for then dropping her like a hot potato yeah. because she was so traumatized by this, you know, relationship breakup. And and then I and so then she's using because I think she was from the beginning wanting to set Lee up to murder James. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so here we are, like long end game of ten years later. Like like even though they're engaged to be married, you know, it starts coming out that they're not their relationship is not particularly strong at that point. And so she's she's basically going to use her hen party to have someone set else murder, murder, set up a murder for, for the her man fiance. she's supposed to be marrying that yeah. she's like in love with, but is not yeah. really like I don't know. So it she's was crazy. dark. I mean, so that is pretty dark and twisted. Like, I mean, that was I, imaginative. I think. But again, I think I I, I think it was I love like, you so much that I'm going to make somebody murder you. <laughs> well, I don't think she loved him anymore. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, and she spent some time on it, be like because part of the way she incriminated because there's then there's this whole thing, you know, Nora's in the hospital because she got in a car accident, which you kind of they kind of unfold what happened there. But um, so she's talking to the detective and then they pull her cell phone records. And, and I knew something was going to happen with the phone because they kept it make, was missing. Well, because they kept making such a big deal about her not having no one having cell phone service. Right. And then her phone was missing. And she kept going, hi, I wonder where my phone is. Huh, I wonder where my phone is. And right. I'm like, this is going to be a plot Somebody point. Somebody your phone and now you're going to get blamed for him. So, yeah. So then they're like, you have all these texts that were sent to James luring him out to the, the cabin. I guess it's not really a cabin, whatever. It's a glass house. Glass house. Um, and that sounded really weird. I don't know why. Glass house. Glass house. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah. So I mean, so so the, again, that wasn't necessarily a shock to me because I was kind of anticipating that that was one of the ways that Claire was setting her up. But that was a really complicated setup too because like there wasn't good. Yeah, how so, the hell did she get cell phone service? Well, I think there's like one spot or something stupid. I don't know. Oh, I mean, it was, you know, you really did have to kind of suspend your disbelief for a few things or say kudos to the psycho killer. <laughs> for coming up with this elaborate scheme to right. you know murder your estranged fiance and God. blame it on your ex- former best friend. Crazy. <laughs> Boom, there you go in one sentence. Yeah, it, yeah. So, yeah, so now that we've ruined this story for you. So now you know that everything that's happened, you can either not read it or read it and And know what happened. Yeah. I already know who's done it. Right. But it's interesting because what I thought, so the book kind of ends in like this leave it up to the air, like leave it up to the reader to decide what happens because she starts to. Like, James's best friend comes into the hospital and they exchange phone numbers. And then it's like, this might be a new way of love or something like that. How does she explain it? Right. Oh, yeah, that was kind of a cheesy ending. I remember the Uh way he buried his face in his hands as he cried over James. I remember his smile. I remember the expression in his eyes as he said goodbye. (laughs) I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can let go of everything that happened. Start again. For a minute, my finger hovers irrationally over the delete button, and then I click it. So, like, he reaches (laughs) out to her via email Mm -hmm. to see if she wants to go grab a coffee. Right. And then... Oh, and then you don't know if she deletes or not. That's right. Yeah. See again, I wrote it. Because, like, and then I click. Like, does she click delete? Does she click respond? What does she click? Click, 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 click. And does it matter? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it does. I think it's like the, she's 
new beginning. New I mean, beginning a new love. Because I don't think she had any. Like I think that was one of the things. Was like she hasn't had a boyfriend since James. Yeah. So you know, I guess that's the other thing, and maybe that's where I feel like that was kind of a structural thing that I led to some healthy skepticism. Is like it's like, okay, you've got some issues, girlfriend. You, I mean, if if this has been hanging over for you for over ten years, yeah you probably needed some support. Well, I just thought, like, maybe they sewed up her vagina or something. <laughs> and there goes the E. <laughs> <laughs> That's not explicit. Compared, I haven't cursed. I, I don't know if, if you say vagina? the... Vagina? I mean, if you say the vajayjay word, I think it's... But it's a technically a medical term. <laughs> I didn't say the C word or the P word. I said the proper word of vagina. Well, I'm just going to say it a whole bunch now. I'm not going to put explicit on this episode. It's like saying penis. <laughs> <laughs> we are highly caffeinated and highly sugared up, so. We have more time to talk about a book now and really get yeah. geeky about it. So, 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 so you're going to throw book. out vagina and penis regularly, apparently. <laughs> Only if it makes sense. I'll be diplomatic about it. <laughs> anyway, but that's, I mean, that's essentially what I thought. Like, she was so, like, something... Like, she had no friends other right. than Nina. She had no, I mean, she had no, like, she had this alienated life. I mean, they made her just into this lost, damaged soul. Right. And I guess I shouldn't be, I mean, there's plenty of lost, damaged souls who could use some counseling who haven't gotten it. Right. But I, I think, again, they just made her, and I, I don't know, I guess that we're being a little judgy. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I have not had a shmishmortion, so I don't actually know what it's like. Right. But the people that I do know that have had shmishmortions are not... Well, you like and, how I'm saying more yes, instead I, of the yeah, actual word. Yeah. Well, and it was like, oh, and conveniently, she's just on the cusp, so she just needs the pill. The pill. Yeah. Which, again, still could be traumatic, I guess. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, they were vacuuming stuff out of her. So, right. um, it was not, I mean, it wasn't even an invasive procedure. Right. I guess that was my thing. And maybe that is why I even now I, I'm still kind of like, like if she'd had this like horrific invasive procedure right. at 16, I could see that being really traumatizing. Totally. But to be like, here's a pill. Right. And you are no longer in the family way. Right. I, I don't know. I, I think that would make you sad and that could certainly hang over you. But again, for the way her character was portrayed, I think it was a little over dramatized. Yeah. Um, Completely over dramatized. Yeah, I don't know. We're probably gonna get lots of like shame, shame for not no, being I kinder. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's our opinion, right? I mean, it's our opinion. yeah, we're not saying like. I think it's more. I, I think it's not trying to discount the experience. I think using it as a plot structure didn't work for me in yeah. this book. Yeah, that I think it I should think, have been something a little bit more. I don't buy the yeah. See, I, I, it just it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I think the 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 level in length of time. I mean, if it'd been maybe a year later, I could see that. But just for the way she was portrayed as so damaged and alienated over uh, a text message, and as well as taking the it's not the morning after pill, but the yeah whatever the that pill, pill. form. Yeah, um, it yeah. just seemed it seemed like there needed to be more to make it that drawn out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But everyone is different. Yeah. And so maybe the author has experienced that with someone. I don't know. Yeah. 
so there's but that. it provoked a very good conversation. Right, right. About what makes a good plot point. Right. And, like, I, I mean, <clears> and, and maybe for other people, they wouldn't be questioning it. Maybe they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's really traumatic. And for whatever reason, for you and I, we're just kind of like, eh, okay, that maybe sucks. I'm sorry. Maybe it's because we've had more traumatic things happen to us. Well, maybe so. Yeah. 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 I think it's all about perspective and, like, what right. you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And if... You know, like, to me, I think getting raped is probably a much more traumatic experience. Yeah, I think what was missing was the violence piece. I yeah. think that maybe that's it, is that from... And, and and maybe that's what we... It's because what we read. Yeah. What Usually what we associate with really traumatic, long-term psychological impact right. is something where control is taken away and violence is involved mm-hmm. of some sort. And I don't feel like in this particular situation... I guess control as far as the breakup was, but... Even then, it was yeah. just kind of an immature, cold, sixteen-year-old text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, perspective. Yeah. Neither of us have been sixteen for a long time, so sure. I, you know. But again, that's where I'm like, again, if she was like seventeen or eighteen and it was still fresh and raw, right? That might have been. But to be like, dude, you're twenty-six. So my first, and ever, you're a successful writer. My, You've got a lot of good stuff going on here. My first ever boyfriend um, was my best friend in high school. His name is Matt, and we dated for a whopping 10 days, and then I broke up with him via email when <laughs> we were 16, and then we, like, continued to flirt and do whatever to each other, and, like, reading this, I kind of want to be like, huh, I wonder if I should ask Matt if he's traumatized from my email, hmm. breaking up with him when we were 16. That was, no. like, what, 16 years ago? Mm. I mean, I doubt it. See, and I'm even more old school than that. I can actually remember getting broken up via note. Because um, we didn't have email. <laughs> I was back at dinosaur, you know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> the uh, old school version of email. Did your friend pass you a note? Was it like that? I think or it was, was more it like, like oh, I think it was more like, you know, like, and that's almost even worse because, well, I guess it's the same idea. Like, I'm sure you all emailed back and forth, but it was always like a treat that you'd have to, like, walk down the hallway and see your boyfriend and they'd hand you a note. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then you'd open up and you'd be like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> and they would crush you. Yeah. Your soul. Every last but then baby. I think you got over it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, right. anything else? I don't think so. I think we did pretty... It's like 42 minutes Look for at a us. book. Hey. I mean, we did digress a lot, but we got there. Yeah. We had some so, chicken moments. But our next book is Corey's pick for Dark of Winter. Yes. And it's actually called... The Winters, oh. which was part of my... Yeah. You see what we did there? <laughs> Do you see what we did there? <laughs> We're so clever. Yeah. Unintentionally clever. Okay, listeners, if you didn't pick up on it, Carrie's book involved title of her book involved the word dark, and mine involved the word winter. winter. And we weren't even trying to be cute; it just happened because we're naturally cute. Yes. So that's Corey's book for yeah. two weeks, and Carrie will make some kind of tasty num num. Yeah, I was thinking as I was eating yours, what I was gonna. <laughs> the dog is getting very excited. What I was gonna make. I don't know. Oh, it'll be a surprise. Okay. All right. right, listeners. See you next time. Bye. Or not. Well, we won't see you. Well, we won't see them. Well, maybe we will. Maybe. Maybe we're watching you. On that note, (laughs) now that we've got dark and creepy, have a good one. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. 
If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 